0: Welcome or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence, a Roots-Based Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development. Today's concept is Ian Happ versus Kyle Schwarber. Ian Happ versus Kyle Schwarber. And what are the similarities and differences between their arbitration situations? In 2020, people are going to make a lot of Assumptions into the future um, that 2020 was a continuation of 2019 or a predictor of 2021 or any kind, a whole bunch of different kinds of things. 2020 was entirely different from anything for owners. Completely different from anything for owners. Owners in 2017 figured, you know what? Open up the gates, people are going to buy tickets. 2018, people figured, owners figured, open up the gates, people are going to buy tickets. 2019, people figured, uh, owners figured, open up the gates, people are going to buy tickets. 2020, in 2020, Owners figured we'll open up the gates and people will buy tickets. That's what they figured because that's what had always happened before. It's what had always happened before. But dee, dee 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 here comes COVID. Open up the gates. Can't sell tickets. Not allowed to sell tickets. No tickets will be sold. There will be zero tickets sold this year. How big is your capacity? Ooh, our stadium holds fifty two thousand. It doesn't matter. You're not going to sell anything. But we always say, it doesn't matter. You're not going to sell anything. No owners sold any tickets. Now, for you, who are not a Major League Baseball owner... Oh, if you are listening and you're a Major League Baseball owner, hiya! But most of you, no, you're not Major League Baseball owners. You have, you know, bills and you, you know, maybe go to a game or two a year or whatever. But, um watch a game on the tube, whichever. Most of you are not baseball owners. Baseball owners prioritize wealth retention as much as you prioritize the health of your children. There, I said it. They're similar. Not exactly the same. They're about the same, though. Wealth retention is... Absolutely essential for owners. Absolutely. And when you're in a situation, 2017, 2018, 2019, not a problem. We're just open up the door. People run in. Here, take our money. We're going to buy stuff. We're going to buy jerseys. We're going to buy obvious shirts. We're going to buy everything. We're going to buy hats. We're going to buy gear. We're going to buy alcohol. We're going to buy hot dogs. Might even put ketchup on the hot dogs. You never know. Twenty Twenty shows up, no fans, no fans. Now, the owners still had their contracts to pay out. Oh yeah, they you know the you Dar, you Darvish got his, Kyle Hendricks got his, Jason Hayward got his, all the players they all got theirs. That's not the question. The players got paid, the owners did not sell any tickets. So at the end of 2020, some of the owners, not all of them, and it really looked like, really looked like to me, I'm an idiot, but it kind of looked like to me, the teams in the center of the country kind of got hosed more than anybody else. Why? Eh, I have reasons, but they're probably wrong. But teams in the center of the country, quite a few of them said, you know what? It really sucks paying out all the revenue and I'm selling any tickets. It really sucks. To the owners, not to the fans. Fans don't care. The owners value wealth retention like a normal set of parents value their children. It's that important. So in 2020, at the end of 2020, at the end of the 2020 season, the owners, oh shit are we going to be able to sell any tickets in 2021? Are we going to be? It's November of 2021. Uh, of 2020. Are we going to be able to sell any tickets in 2021? It's early December of 2020. Are we going to be able to sell any tickets in 2021? It's mid-December 2020. Are we going to be able to sell any tickets? There's nothing. There's nothing. There's no inklings. There's no rumors. There's no hot takes. There's nothing. There's nothing. There's nothing. So what ends up happening is some deadlines arrive. Tendering contracts. Tendering contracts happens in late November, early December. Late November, early December is when tendering contracts happens. It doesn't happen in August. It doesn't happen in May. It doesn't happen in February. It happens in November. By November, late November, very early December, teams have to have decided we are going to keep this player. We're 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 going to let this guy go. That's how it works. This offseason, by late November, early December, Cubs are going to have to decide. P.J. Higgins, 40-man roster, yeah or not? That doesn't get based on, did the fans like him? None of that kind of stuff. Is he going to be worth a 40-man roster spot over the entire offseason with the knowledge we currently have? With the knowledge we currently have, will P.J. Higgins earn a 40-man roster spot? I'm going to guess no. They'll probably try to keep him around either way, but you have to make decisions. 2020, those decisions were based on we don't know if we're going to sell any tickets or not. We don't know if we're going to sell any tickets or not. Zero awareness, zero knowledge, zero confidence on if that wealth retention angle that owners value so much is going to play even remotely at all. No idea, completely unaware. November, no idea. Got to make the decision. Around about that time, Tom Ricketts called Theo Epstein into the office. Geez, I don't even know what the date was on this one. Hey, uh, Theo, here's your spending limit. Yes, it's your what hurts? How about you? You you really don't mean that, do you? You, you? That number is actually supposed to be like 18 million higher for this year, right? No, that's the number. That's the number you have to get below that number before you can add anything. Uh, do you want me to turn in my two weeks notice or do you want me to just leave? Well, I guess you can just leave. Okay, I'm out of here. I'm not working with that number. I'm not working with that number because I have. I have other things I could do with my life. Okay, have a great day. Let's shake hands and part as gentlemen. Theo Epstein leaves. Jed Hoyer walks into the room. Well, Theo just quit. You're the guy in charge now. Here's your number. You want the job? You gotta go below this number or else. Well, Jed Hoyer uh, decided, you know what, I kind of like having my job. I kind of like being employed. So, okay, I will will do that. There's a number. I don't know what the number was. You don't know what the number was. Nobody knows what the number was, except the people who were involved. But it it was kind of a low number. And Jed Hoyer had to make some decisions to get below that number. You know, it wasn't a case of you have to be below this number by May or July or August. You have to be below this number. Otherwise, you can't add anybody. At least that's the way I take it. You know, maybe there were some changes, but no. You have to get below this number here before you can add anybody. Now That's a horrible way to run things. It's really stupid. Because then what ends up happening is you end up releasing someone, effectively, who you probably could have gotten something something for. But for, for Tom Ricketts, the important thing is wealth retention. Wealth retention is more important than your children are. Mm-hmm. Wealth retention is more important than your children are. So, get below this number or you're out of a job. So that that created some very difficult choices in November, and Kyle Schwarber was let go. Kyle Schwarber was let go, and that got him closer to the number, but it didn't get him under the number. He still had to get under the number. And I, I would imagine that Jed Hoyer was probably hoping for oh, a change in the weather as far as COVID and ticket sales and all that. Because that maybe Tom Ricketts would change his mind and say, well, yeah, okay, you can spend some more. You, you, you can spend some more. You can keep the rest of the roster. But November, late November, early December, Kyle Schwarber is gone. Kyle Schwarber is released, non-tendered. Made a free agent. December continues on. Jet says, uh, I mean, Tom Ricketts, you're not under the number yet. You're not under the number yet. Mid-December, Christmas. After Christmas, finally makes the trade. Darvish and Victor Caratini for Zach Davies and other people. And he's now under the number. Okay. You're under the number. Now you're safe. Now, now now, I don't have to do anything. Now I don't have to threaten you. I don't have, you know, all that other stuff. I don't have to do, you're under the number. You're good. Like three, four days after the Darvish trade. Three or four days after the maybe maybe is maybe is less than that maybe is a bit more than that but I, I I remember it as being about three or four days after the Darvish trade Hey guess what everybody we're going to be able to sell tickets Yep governors are deciding it's important for there to be tickets sold um, Legislatures are saying we're probably going to allow tickets to be sold maybe in May or something like that. So at some point, yes, there will be tickets that are able to be sold. So owners will be able to sell tickets. And as soon as that news happens, Jed Hoyer is told by Tom Ricketts, you can spend more money now. You couldn't before because I had not been told that we're going to be able to sell tickets. I wasn't told that in November." wasn't told that in early December. I wasn't told that in mid-December. I wasn't told that in late December. I was told that in early January. Early January, hey, you guys are going to be able to start selling tickets again so you can ramp up your spending. So now that's what we're doing. Tom Ricketts said in January. So, since tickets are now available... Jed Hoyer can go out and add talent. Jack Peterson, Jake Arrieta, etc. Brings in some more players. Because tickets were sold. It, it, It was like that. It was like that. As soon as the word came out that tickets were going to be sold, Jed Hoyer was allowed to spend more money. It's almost like The ability to sell tickets determines, determines how much will be spent. It's almost like that. Almost like that. In fact, it's really like that. So, 2020, people will point back at, oh, in 2020, the Cubs did this, or that, or that other thing, or that other thing, and then they did this other thing that made no sense when they... Unless you're looking at the calendar, the specific, actual, literal calendar, and checking news events of the day, 2020 made no sense. When you grasp that Tom Ricketts gave Jed Hoyer a financial ultimatum, just like he'd given to Theo Epstein, here's your financial ultimatum then you understand why Kyle Schwarber was let go you understand why the U Darvish trade happened now maybe the cubs possibly would have been better off if Kyle Schwarber would have been retained maybe um perhaps they would have been better off if U Darvish would have been retained maybe because if If in a string of events, A leads to B, leads to... A directly leads to B, directly leads to C, directly leads to D, directly leads to E, directly leads to F, directly leads to G. So A precedes and causes B, which precedes and causes C, which precedes and causes D, et cetera on down the line. If you change B, everything after that, you have no idea what would have happened. None. The Cubs non-tendered Kyle Schwarber because financial reasons. Kyle Schwarber was non-tendered for financial reasons. It wasn't, gee, it would be really fun to let him go. It wasn't so much of a cost-benefit analysis on, in a vacuum. It was Jed Hoyer deciding, we've got to get below a number. We've got to get to, bo- I have to get below a number. And the least painful way for me to initial, uh, initially get near, to getting under that number is to non-tender Kyle Schwarber. So now that I've talked a bit about Kyle Schwarber, are the Cubs going to tender Ian Happ a contract? See how there's no comparison. There's no... You can't say with any plausible logic behind you that the Cubs are going to do this or that with Ian Happ because they did this or that with Kyle Schwarber. I don't seem to have heard any announcements saying that the Cubs are not going to be able to sell tickets in 2022. Now, people might not buy them. I do think Jed Hoyer is probably going to be given somewhat of a financial ultimatum by Tom Ricketts as far as this is how much money you can spend. Now, you, you ask a Cub fan, oh, that number should be $220 million. You know, Go out and get Trevor Story or get Corey Seager or get you, 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 whoever, who, whoever. Flavor of the month. Get two or three pitchers. Uh, uh, um, of course, get Nick Castellanos when he opts out of a contract, which would be stupid as hell for Nick Castellanos to do, but that's a different podcast. Um, Jed's gonna get a number. He's gonna get a number. 150 million, 130 million, 122.117. I, I, I don't know what the number is gonna be. He's gonna get a number, he's gonna get to decide: okay, that's my number. And one of the decisions he's gonna make is is. Ian Hap worth retaining. Is Ian Hap worth retaining for next season? Now, part of it's going to be how, I'm going to use the term, pot committed to absolute success. Pot committed to absolute success in 2022 are the Cubs. If the only acceptable result is winning the World Series. There's a couple reasons not want to hang on to Ian Hap. Because, well, n- mainly he's not uh, he's not necessarily a first team left fielder or center fielder. He's probably not that guy. Maybe he is. But part of what the Cubs are doing the rest of the season, they are giving Ian Hap his five or six starts a week. Give them five or six starts a week. Sit them once in a while. Because what the Cubs are trying to do is give five or six starts a week to everybody. They want to give five or six starts a week to Frank Schwindel. They want to give five or six starts to Michael Hermosillo. They want to give five or six starts a week to Rafael Ortega. They want everyone on the roster, everyone on the roster, get their five or six starts in. Some of them will only be three or four. Maybe maybe Sergio Alcantara will not be getting five or six starts. But you'll want to see David Bodie get playing time. Ian Happ playing time. Yeah, I'm all playing time. Yeah, I'm all playing time. I'm going to start, start him 15 days in a row. Five or six starts a week. See how he does. Because all these players are fighting for a 40-man roster spot in the offseason, including Ian Happ. Now, some people... Some people decided because mm, he was hitting 172 a couple weeks ago. So, they ought to get rid of him. They ought to DFA him. No. <laughs> no. When you have a season like the Cubs season is now, the games are cheap. The games are inexpensive. If you send out a player and he has a horrible outing, horrible outing, and he costs you a game. If you're like the Padres, you send a player out and he costs you a game. You're fighting for the last playoff spot. This guy costs you a game. That's terrible. If you're the Cubs in 2021, a guy costs you a game. Eh, hopefully you learned something from it. Manny Rodriguez had a couple of games where left the ball over the center plate. Home run. Eh, costs a game. Eh, okay. He's pretty good last night. <laughs> uh, probably left one over the center of the plate, but most of mostly it was on the edges. You know, on the edges, 97, 98, 99. That'll work. That'll play. It'll play on in the future. Cody Hoyer, very nice job. Representing a player that belongs on the 40 man roster over the offseason, definitely. Um. Ian Happ. It's not November yet. It's not November yet. Late November, early December, the decision has to be made. Is Ian Hap good enough to justify a roster spot? As of right now, I still have him up in the air. There's a, there are a number of people who make compelling arguments either way. No, I don't think he should because. Yes, I think he should because. And one of the better arguments I've heard with Ian Hap is while Kyle Schwarber was looking at making like $8 million last year. I, I just looked it up. I think Hap is making $4 million this year. I doubt he gets over $6 million in arbitration. I don't see it getting a whole lot higher than that. So, you know, let's say the number is six for Ian Hap. Jed's going to have a budget, and he... Most of his payroll's gone. Still Hendricks. There's still Hayward. There's still David Bodie's contract. There's a whole bunch of guys like Rafael Ortega and Patrick Wisdom who are going to be making league minimum. Yeah, I think he can probably fit in six million for Ian Happ. He can probably fit that in if he buys into him for the future which is why Ian Happ is getting five or six starts a week. Some people, oh, no, staple him to the bench. I want to have more looks at Rafael Ortega, Rafael Ortega. He's league minimum. He's league minimum. There's really not a whole lot of thought there. If he looks like he will possibly represent a fourth or fifth outfielder at league minimum, yeah, you all going to want to keep him. Patrick Wisdom. What? 18, 19, 20 home runs, whatever. Yeah, you guys are yelling at the phone. How do you have a Cubs podcast? <laughs> um, Patrick Wisdom, league minimum. Yeah, you keep him. Ian Happ, probably in the neighborhood of 6 million. If he's absolutely horrible in 2022 the cubs keep Ian Happ and he's absolutely horrible in 2022. Guess wrong. Guess wrong on 6 million. It happens. It happens. It's not like you're guessing wrong on like uh a nine-figure contract. No, 6 million. 6 million the cubs have the rest of the season to decide. Does Ian Happ make sense long term? And by, by long term, I mean two years. The Cubs will have rights to him in 2022. The Cubs will have rights to him in 2023. Ian Happ, per fan graphs, in his first three pro seasons was worth over $10 million. Worth over $10 million, worth over $10 million, worth over $10 million, over $10 million has a bad season. Now, You have that over 10, over 10, over 10, one bad season. And you can have that person for the next season for $6 million. I still have Ian Happ in the center column. It really won't take a whole lot for me to move him to the left column because really the Cubs are not going to be in financial straits in 2022. They're not going to be. Again. There's Hendricks. There's Hayward. There's very little else. There's very little else as far as guaranteed deals. All those guaranteed deals. Oh, Wilson Contreras. There's really not a whole lot of guaranteed money out there. So then what will happen is Jed Hoyer will look at how much he's allowed to spend, how much he's already spent, assess the free agents, and go from there. But Ian Hap has the rest of the year to show, yeah, I had a really bad, really bad first three, four months. But my last two weren't bad. And if she shows that the last two months weren't bad, $6 million in the frame of a major league setup, major league salary, when a team expects to sell tickets the next year really isn't that much. Now, maybe if you are the Pittsburgh Pirates and your entire goal is to have a um, combined roster below $50 million, then $6 million might be quite a bit. But the Cubs aren't going to be in that situation. The very lowest. when, When I toss off 115, 120, as numbers that I kind of expect to see the Cubs to be at, would if I was uh being given a um thirty-eight million dollar bonus for getting really close to what the Cubs uh magic number for the salary would be, I would guess somewhere in the 115, 120 range with all the potential lockout, potential strike, all that kind of stuff going on. I would think 115, 120 would be about in the right range. But I could be way off. But it's certainly not Pittsburgh when you're when you're one of these hacks, these online hacks who oh, the Cubs are acting like they're Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's have they ever gone over eighty million dollars in the last? You know, I guess probably when they had Garrett Cole, they went over it. But then once they got bad, they traded Garrett Cole. Uh but no, Pittsburgh is Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is way down there by design. I don't think Jed Hoyer is going to be forced to go that low. 115, 120, maybe 130, maybe 140. When you're dealing with a roster of that size, Ian Happ for $6 million, I don't know what he's going to do next year. I got my phone here. Here's my phone, here's my phone. Hold it up so you can see it through the through the uh audio stream. I'm not willing to let you break my phone if I guess wrong on what Ian Hap's going to do next year. I'm not willing to do that. Some people are so totally sure, so totally cocksure that they exactly know how bad Ian Hap is, that he's going to be terrible. I don't know that. I'm stupid. I have no idea how a major league baseball player is going to specifically do next year. No idea. Perhaps Ian Happ will struggle through spring training and then get hot in early May and be on fire through August and then slump a little bit in September. Maybe it'll be that. Maybe it'll be something. I don't know. I'm not that smart. Some people are completely convinced Ian Happ is terrible. But with that confidence of Ian Happ is terrible, they won't let me break their phone if they're wrong. If you're totally confident of something, let me break your phone if you're wrong. I think the Cubs will probably be able to afford Ian Happ and his probable $6 million. Will he do well enough in August and September to justify keeping him? Probably. But don't hook Ian Hap to Kyle Schwarber and act like they're the same thing because they're not. They're absolutely not. 2020, the 2020 off season, November of 2020, early December of 2020, mid-December of 2020, late December of 2020 are completely different from right now perhaps we get some really bad news and delta variant kicks in and all of a sudden it looks like college football games aren't going to have fans wouldn't that be horrible again no college football games uh, with uh, no no fans at college football games wouldn't that be terrible but if all of a sudden that kind of starts happening, then owners are going to start to think, hmm, maybe I'm not going to want to spend so much money on payroll. But if if everything's continuing, go, if August goes as normal and September goes as normal and October goes as normal and November goes as normal, the Cubs very well might keep Ian Hap. Because $6 million is not that much. If... Owners expect to sell tickets. Kyle Schwarber was a financial situation. Tickets were not guaranteed. The people who are dismissing the calendar on the Kyle Schwarber decision or on the Yu Darvish decision are doing a disservice to whoever they are deliberately trying to mislead. Over the next, what, five, six weeks, Ian Hap will play his way into or out of a contract. And he's been doing really well the last week. Does that mean he'll do really well the next two or three weeks? No. I'm not that smart. But $6 million, when the Cubs are expecting they will be able to sell tickets, is significantly different from $8 million when there is the definite possibility, even probability, of no tickets being sold. Happ and Schwarber are entirely different, even though they're only one year apart. Hap has two years remaining. Schwarber had one. If Hap does well, they can keep him around. Or if Ian Hap does really well, possibly the Cubs might decide to trade him. See how that works? The Cubs have until late November to make a decision. And the late November decision will be based on games through early October. There's no rush. There's no rush. And the people in the baseball world that I tend to pay more attention to are the ones who realize, you know what? There's not a rush. There's not a rush. You don't have to make a decision that doesn't have to be made until late November. You don't have to make that decision in late August. You can kick the can down the road. Kick the can down the road. Get Ian Happ four or five starts a week. Get Rafael Ortega four or five starts a week. Get Sergio Alcantara four or five starts a week. Let them all play. Which of them deserve a 40-man roster spot? Ian Happ and Kyle Schwarber are entirely different entities. When it comes to, will the Cubs pick up their contract? They are entirely, enti- entirely different entities, and they should be. Their time frames were different. Their time, um, the time the decisions were made are almost certainly different. And for people who act like finances are not a consideration for owners, Owners value wealth like parents value children. And I'm going to hold to that. Thanks for stopping by. Be safe. Be nice to others. And a full slate of minor league games tonight with Richard Gallardo going for Myrtle Beach. Joe Nahas going for South Bend. um, Ryan Kellogg And Matt Swarmer, pitching in Iowa. Tennessee is going with their most popular pitcher to be determined. If you're not interested in the Chicago Cubs game tonight, pick a game in the pipeline. They're fun.